Hello and welcome back to the Popcorn for Dinner podcast, our crime utopia. Today, we're talking about the third episode of Barry's final season. And trust me, we're not recording We're not recording the podcast on gadgets that you can't see. We're talking about crime, we're talking about revenge, we're talking about vengeance. And joining me once again, guys, it's Boo Boo the Fool, it's Jeremiah! <laughs> Jerry, how are you? you really, Have you been called you should really, n- Never. You should really be warning me about these intros, man. Like, that was the I fun about. What's the fun there? What's the fun if I, I, if I never, I have never been called Boo Boo the Fool or any other things that Fuchs was called. Well, Fuchs says this. I mean, I, I just want us to make Fuchs and Hank conversations, phone conversations, a weekly episode thing. I know they've already shot all the episodes and resolved the episodes, but still, just give me phone calls between both of them every episode. How are you doing? How have you, how you been? Back again, talk about yeah. Barry. I'm okay. Yeah, no, I've I've been good. Um, just uh, it's been chill the last few days since we recorded. Um, I probably watched episode. I hope I haven't used up the number of times I can watch it because I had to keep going back. Um, I don't think yeah, it's no, I don't think there's a limit. Oh, on you know the first before it actually started airing, the first link that we would use, not the. I don't know. The first link that I got to when you registered, it said that you had ten plays each. Uh-huh. Um, but on the on the actual HBO um uh, Warner Brothers screeners app, it just plays. So I don't know. Okay. Well, this is fun stuff for our listeners. They are they are they are, they are riveted learning about how the sausage is made. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Are, the, are these trade secrets? They're not trade secrets, but I do, I just think they're boring to everyone else but us. So probably, <laughs> so probably. they haven't clicked out. But no, what isn't boring is this season of Barry. Uh, this episode, which I think is probably, well, not probably, it's the funniest episode of the season so far. It's probably the funniest Barry has been in a very long time. <laughs> I don't think, like, Barry hasn't been a funny show. In, well, obviously, there are some very funny bits, but it hasn't been a funny show in a while. This is a really funny episode. Um, yeah. This is Barry Season 4, Episode 3, titled You're Charming, written by Emma Barry and directed by Bill Hader. Um there's been no theme song this season. That, that was what first struck me. All three title cards have ha- appeared without without theme song. So that explains so much. I, guess like that, it, I hadn't. Yeah, it just I just realized that I hadn't heard it in a while. Yeah, that put, that maybe puts us in the kind of mind space that the characters are in. So what I'm gonna do? We're gonna, we're gonna go like with the last three character by character. We're gonna keep Barry till the end for obvious reasons. If you've watched the episode, and I think we're gonna start with. Um, our favorite crime couple, Noho Hank and, and Cristobal. Um, so, with Hank and Cristobal, the the sand has arrived for their new business venture. Uh, but they are more occupied with the arrival of Toru. If you guys might remember, Toru was the person that Hank was talking to first to get Barry out of prison and then to to kill Barry. And he's played by fucking three time Oscar winner Guillermo del Toro. I was like, I was like, I know that voice, and then he takes off his hat, and I'm like, what? The, how is Guillermo del Toro in this show? Playing Toro, yeah. So that was obviously obviously very cool to see. Apparently, him and Bill Hader are friends, which is just yeah, really cool. And then Hank goes on to break down my problem with video podcasts, my problem with people saying we should put our podcast on YouTube. 
uh, we, obviously I'm doing it because I'm, I'm a slave to the numbers. But <laughs> Hank is like, yeah, I'm listening on my on my while I'm driving. I'm meant to go out and watch the video on YouTube at the same time. Like that's, that's just my problem with video podcasts. But you know what? That's, to each his own. Um, okay, let's get into the serious thing. So um, for Hank, really, we'll touch on him a bit more when we get into into Barry's point of view. But he's called out a hit on Barry. Um, Toro says that he has his two best men. Um, Jerry's favorite new characters for the, of this season. Our favorite podcasters. What were their names again? Um, Ernesto and Chewy. Was just it Chewy wanted, or Joey? I just wanted you to see it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he's kind of put out a hit on them. But later in the episode, or rather, sorry, he got a hit on, on Barry through Toro. But later in the episode, he gets a, a blast from the past when Bashir, or Batera, sorry, comes back to warn him that, well, the Chechens are back in, in play. And uh, so I guess it looks like Hank this season is going to have, because we all know how the episode finishes, but he's going to have both Hank, mm-hmm. uh, both Barry and the Chechens on his tail this this uh, this episode. Um, like I said, we're going to talk about Hank's plan a bit later when we get to Barry, but is there any, do you have any thoughts on Hank and Christabel so far this episode? Oh, Hank specifically. Well, we don't actually see that much interaction between two of them other than like at the beginning where, okay, they're now talking to this guy that they've hired for a job that has changed in description since the first time they contacted him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, like you said, like I agree totally with what he was saying about the podcast as well. Like more often than not, I'm doing something else. I don't, I don't want to have to watch. Well, like if you if you want to do a talk show, do a talk show. Look, I'm just I, I don't want to be the one to say I'm, like I'm trying to keep our five listeners, but in my <laughs> in my opinion, maybe, actually maybe if we did video podcasts, we'll have more than five listeners. But yeah. in my opinion, like podcasts are meant for uh, auditory medium. Well, what, I don't know. Look, Kevin Hart meme. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not saying anything. Um, but yeah, without touching too much on Hank and Barry, I think Hank goes through a huge realization about the one-sidedness or the one-sided nature of his relationship with Barry in yeah. this particular episode. Yeah, definitely. Um, and actually, no, yeah, we'll talk about Barry. We'll talk about Hank mm-hmm. when we get to Barry because I yeah. think the best scene of, of the episode belongs to both of them. Um, speaking about great mm-hmm. scenes. Second best. Okay, well... Okay, we'll find out. We'll see what, what you think. Speaking of great scenes, we join in with Sally and she's taking Jean's advice from last episode. I didn't talk, talk about the last episode. I wanted to see how it played out, but she's taking out his advice and she's now teaching um, acting, which I just really loved how her wardrobe just instantly changed because like, <laughs> as someone who spent some time in acting class, I was like, yeah, that's, that's what she should be wearing. That, that makes sense. That makes 100% sense. And in a scene that seems deleted straight out of Tar, she abuses an actor to get a great performance out of that actor. And, well, because it's 2023 and abuse doesn't fly anymore, her, her students call her out on it. Um, and then we see, just when she's a bit on, um, on, sh- on shaky ground, we kind of see a vision of, of the Taylor, Taylor guy she killed from last, last season. Um, and that's basically Sally's Sally's story. What do you think of of Sally getting her Lydia tar on, doing a bit of abuse to get the right right um, performance out, being a bit of J.K. Simmons from Whiplash? What, what do you think of Sally's story this episode? 
might, I might sound like a broken record again when you, when you're talking about how your past, like the people you looked up to or the people that kind of raised you in something, you kind of embody their traits or mm. when people say the language of the abuse is usually that of the abuser. Mm. Um, and Sally, just does what she, you know, she sees Jean as this successful teacher. She just does what she thought Jean would do. Um, and it makes sense for her as well. Like she's always been the character that kind of takes things, um, the way she interprets them and runs with them. So she just goes with what she thinks Jean has done to bring out the best in all of them. Um, forget, I mean, Jean prides himself as a therapist in a sense and to be fair i did have in my notes that i didn't say last time like barry has been and most of them have been seen as acting class in a sense as therapy which is probably what attracted a depressed hitman mm-hmm. um but it's not therapy at the end of the day like it like that's why you will still have statements that trigger you like oh you if you kill someone you're like a piece of shit but um sally has taken that thing people do when they feel like they're very self-aware and they have become therapists themselves and want to share that knowledge. But the problem is you haven't actually learned anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so like you said, it's 2023 and I'm guessing the class of actors that are now in like the, the young people in size class are probably a lot younger than she is. So let's just say maybe the, I don't know if there's a generational gap there, but of course, immediately she does what she does. They're like, that is abuse. And she, she doesn't know how to respond because that's what she knows. That's mm-hmm. what she knows mm-hmm. works. But it's just because it worked in a certain context doesn't mean it's the right way to go about things. And she's probably going to have to like figure that out. But it's just, yeah, I, like that was the first thing I picked up. Like you were abused. You didn't realize it. So you continue the cycle to try and push it. But someone is trying to break the cycle now. Question is, will it be broken? Cause you know, um, what was her name? The actress she went off at came back and is like, you know what? This is what like, this is the first time someone's been able to get something out of me. Yeah, I mean, um, a few things there, a few good points you made. I mean, I think this episode is definitely, this season definitely looking back to look forward. I think Barry's visions, whether they've stopped or not, we do see a bit of how him and, and Fuchs got to meet when they were younger and just kind of maybe how that influences his, I don't, like, I don't think, obviously I've seen some chatter about how Fuchs was grooming him. That's not my, that was not my read on on that scene, I think maybe it was just like Fuchs was like really a father figure and his father's friend, and then just eventually that would explain the love that they would have later, even they did become toxic. But and obviously we've seen Sally's home life as well, so I think you're right to keep going back to find um, ideas towards what's influencing these characters going forward. Uh, I think it's interesting that the acting students all if not um, downplayed the Congate video, they at least gave it a pass, saying things like, it's not that big a deal, it's just a normal argument I've had with my, my sister. But then when they do see the see Sally's abuse firsthand, they all call it out. Um, this is a whole different episode that we can do. I've always talked about how, I think I was talking about it, I can't remember what episode, but it was probably with Priscilla talking about Whiplash. And I was just like, I can't 100% say that if I was in, in that case, uh, Miles Teller's Andrew's seat, or even in this, this girl with, in Sally's words, the perfect tits and ass, um, <laughs> shoes. Like, I don't know if I, it's the thing, it's the thing about, this this thing about performance and acting, like how far do you, does the end justify the means? Are you willing to put yourself yeah. 
through the abuse to get a great performance. And like she says, no one else has got a performance out of her. She's been to, I think she said, three acting classes. But then Sally, even though she abused And you can I really love the fact that you can see this student visibly shaken while Sally's like yeah. exalting what she had to do. And like, oh, I had to do this. Like, you can see that she's, she's, she's like, her body's, is in stress. She's like, this was actually a lot for me. And I went to a dark place and you took me to a dark place. But she comes back because she's like, this. And obviously, I don't think that's immoral, but I think it's real. I don't think it's a moral lesson. Yeah. I think it's like, oh, you should fight for, you should put yourself through the trauma to get the good performance. But I think it's a real thing that people would do. Yeah, I think people always have done. And, so, and people, like, that's something that people do tend to use stories like that and say, well, he persevered, she persevered. They made it through, they were determined. And that's the thing, like you said, your willingness to go through that sort of yeah. treatment. Um, you have to, I wouldn't say willing, but like you kind of have to be willing as in you kind of have to be able to power through that. And she represents that. And a lot of people will probably look back and say, in my day, I had to do that too. But it's like, did it need to happen that way? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm just going to agree with you. If Jordan Peele called me up today for a role in his film and I went to set and I found out that he was mentally torturing me to get a good performance. Guys, I hate to, look, I'm not Jesus Christ. I have to tell you, I will stay. And I'll 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 buckle down because I'm trying to finish out of your film. Um, but obviously that's not to make light of, of of onset trauma. I'm obviously I'm I'm talking in jest. But speaking of, or oh, do you have any thoughts on Sally? You want to touch on before we move on to Jean? Um, no, for now. I, if yeah. it comes up, we'll come up. I think again, it's like this is episode three. We're about halfway into the season, so I think again, stories are building up and. It's weird because I think Sally only does, well, not one scene, but has only that one location this episode. Like everything happens in that acting class, which is, yeah, obviously, I think it's split into three, maybe three scenes, but everything happens there. And it's, it's like, I just really like the fact that that one student stays behind. It's like, what, okay, what does this mean for Sally going forward? Um, so Jean, her, her own acting teacher gives us the best, the comedy of the episode. And, the Jean is informed that the FBI uh, Barry is working with the FBI, and um, his agent is there, who's played by by the great Fred Malamed. And I was thinking, I was like, why is his agent here? This is very random because obviously last episode, or I think it was episode one, um, Jean was there with his son, which obviously makes sense. But I was like, why is his agent here? And then as the episode went, and I was like, oh, it's because we need to have quality comedic con- content from Henry Winkler <laughs> and Fred Malamed. I was just like, this is. They are, they are, they are just Tom and Jerry in this episode. They're just like, I mean, starting from when um, Gene tells him about talking to Lon O'Neill, and then the camera is obviously out of the car, and you just see the car crash. I just burst out laughing. I was just like, this is so funny. And then you, you then have when they go to Jim Moss's house. And then I think Jim Moss is like, why did you talk to Lon O'Neill? And then he just drives off in his car that is, <laughs> still hasn't been to the shop. There's the entire, I mean, Bill Hader, it seems like Bill Hader is having one I'm him sequence per episode. Obviously, we've had the Dave and Buster's one. And then this season, this episode, you have the one shot um, take when they, when they break into Lon's house. You have you hear things like everything is stored on the monitor. This is one of those new computers, but everything is stored on the monitor. And then you see the sequence of his wife coming in and 
um, Henry's, uh, Henry, Jean's agent throwing the monitor in the pool. That was just like a really, really good filmmaking sequence. But yeah, yeah. Um, before we talk about London Neal, just very quickly, I don't know, did you find this this um, sequence as funny as I did? Like the whole Gene and his agent trying to stop oh, no. London Neal? It was hilarious. See, I love I love when they bring you two idiots trying to make things work, and it's it's just always perfect. Like even like, so, one thing you, you already touching on Bill Hader's direction with a lot of like he used that specifically on them for this episode, and I love. Although I, how I put this, like I love Bill Hader's commitment to recording the scene through the environment. You touched on it last time mm. with like the mirror scene. And then this one as well with the car, we just see, we just see the car swerve from the perspective of probably like a bystander as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. In the house, we're just seeing the house they've broken into. And then we hear everything like, um, we touched on sound on, on the use of sound in the finale episode last season, but it's like, we're hearing everything that's going on and it's absolutely hilarious. We see the unsuspecting wife come in and it's like, Gina, someone else in the house and he's just trying to distract her. And then we can see like in like, just further down from the, like when he's trying to throw the computer in the pool. I yeah. just love that. It's just like everything exists and it's happening and we're just going to watch it from this unique perspective. It's like that scene where Gene is being chased by dogs in season three oh, and no. then we're seeing a couple argue like you have too <laughs> many so dogs. That was so funny. You're breaking up with me. Why? You have too many dogs. <laughs> I love things like that. And Gene, when you think about it, Gene is at the center of a lot of them. Like when Barry buys a burger and then we're seeing people in the restaurant and then we just notice that Barry opens up the trunk of his car and there's a person inside. This is, this is interesting because obviously you notice it that Bill Hader does it, but I've, I've never put into two words the way you're putting it because like it's actually, not a tick is the wrong term, but it's actually a thing that he likes to do, which is obviously see the scene from, how a random bystander might have seen it, not not from the point of view of the character, because that's not yeah. That's, that's actually yeah, that's actually a really good that's a really good point. And uh, when you bring out those those clips, i.e. the dog one or the burger one from from early season three, or, the, or then this one with the car crashing, <laughs> that makes sense actually. Yeah, it's yeah, it's just generally it's comedy throughout. It's just a really really absolutely but yeah those two like once you have once you have that combination two people one of them is frustrated and the other one is panicking it's, and they're both it's stupid almost all exactly almost always comedic gold and then this gene's story kind of ends with him going to visit jim moss and we know from earlier in the episode that lon o'neill has been to visit jim moss the actor playing lon o'neill his name is patrick fishler i obviously forgot that last week um, he's been lots of things, but I think most people remember him or know him from um from his run on on Mad Men. So let's talk about Lon quickly. So he goes to visit Barry, which we're going to get to in a second. But then he foolishly goes to visit Jim Moss, and even more foolishly to us, the audience, he goes into Jim's garage, and we know we know that's not a good thing to happen. <laughs> and then the next time we see him. Not only can he not talk to his wife, but then all of a sudden he's fluent in German. And oh my god, the way I laughed, Jerry, like I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> I watched episode twice, I both times I just couldn't stop laughing at him just being so fluent in German. Like, and he's no longer eating Skittles, which is just funny. He's just he's having a, a different kind of candy. I'm just like, 
This is yeah, I was wondering what that like, was. Like, how did G- I mean, we all know that Jim Moss is someone who was able to get into his captor's head and make them commit suicide. But like, how did he get this guy to just be fluent in German? Yeah, just I don't know. Ch- um, change his whole personality. Like, I, yeah, I don't understand it either. Um, I wonder if it's like he's so scared of what's happening. He's just like, I'm just gonna feign like some issue and no, like no one bothered me about this. I yeah, but like he's doing. You know those, you know those stories about someone who gets into like a car crash and goes into a coma and comes out and they like the new, they knew a new language. Yeah, that maybe maybe he's been through such trauma that his he, part of his brain has just flipped, and now he's just fluent in German. It's it's so funny. It's so I like. I don't know. I think people speaking German always sounds funny to me. I mean, it's either very funny or very scary. But like, I don't know. Just the way it, it just sounds funny. It just when he just going straight into German, and then his mannerisms like I have no idea what he's talking about. I was just really really funny. Um. So we're about to move into Barry. Okay, first of all, no. So you mentioned that the Barry and Hank scene was the second best scene to you. Have we talked? Have we passed the first scene, or are you, are we can talk about it with Barry? Ooh, the best scene hasn't come. We haven't talked about the okay. best scene yet. So. Okay, so we're going to talk about Barry now, the title character. Um, I have a question for you. I was going to ask it later in the episode, but I have a question for you. How would you feel if, like, we watch episode five or six, and then Barry dies? So like, there's like three episodes so without Barry. So is episode seven gonna be a funeral and eight? That's the thing. Who's having there's a funeral enough... for Barry? There, there, might fuchs. He'll be the only one there. <laughs> there's no funeral for <laughs> Barry. If Barry dies, there's no funeral episode. I can promise you that. Possibly. I mean, there might be just to show that no one can enough to mm, show, true, and then yeah. like maybe Sally comes to the grave later on or something. I don't know, but I, I don't know. Would Barry dying? <sighs> I have a thing with it, like the the actual title of the character dying, but it, he would deserve it in a sense, it, depending on how it happens, right? Just depending on how it happens. I I don't see it happening because, again, look at like um, Chewie and Ernesto, which we'll get to, but like every time someone comes close enough to killing Barry, it, it just goes awfully wrong for them. Um, yeah, I can't see that unless. Uh, trigger warning. Maybe Barry is involved himself somehow. I yeah. I I don't know how mm. I would feel. I, I it would, it would definitely leave a sour taste in the sense that I need to see what happens. But I don't doubt that there is enough of story to go around with different characters going on at the moment that they will be able to finish another two episodes without Barry even appearing. Oh yeah. I mean that was it. Just randomly popped into my mind because I was like, huh? Because there there were points last season when. I can't remember the episode or episodes where Barry was barely in it. And it was like, everybody was, but it was like, oh, this show is called Barry, but like, we're just focusing on every other character. And it was, as you might not expect from that kind of description, it was, there were good episodes that were like, you're like, this is, and then I was just thinking, I was just like, huh, this, that could be something completely random. I mean, no spoilers, but we're, we're in the middle of succession right now, season four. So you kind of have that, that feeling when unexpected things happen. But I was just like, oh, if Barry, if Barry actually just died middle of the season and the rest of the season is just everyone still trying to like, like Barry came in, destroyed, he made everyone's life worse. And then he dies and then we have two, three episodes of everyone just trying to like put the pieces of their life back together. Anyway, 
Um, I don't know. I think that would might be creatively exciting, but that was just a random, very random. I don't even know how it came to my mind. Just a random thought. I mean, it would. You know how like the, a lot of the preseason reviews were saying that the direction they've taken it is very unexpected. That could be an example of something that would be as unexpected. Um, I mean, I'll take your word for it. I, I don't read preseason reviews. I made the mistake of doing that. I like. I even saw a spoiler. Like, like that. I I was very upset. You know what? I did a very stupid thing, and I hope you don't actually leave this on the podcast. I but it's probably going to So unless it's, if it's a spoiler, please don't say it because I too like don't like to be spoiled. I yeah, I will leave out the spoiler part of it. But you know how like in the email they sent, there was like a a file with a summary of plot points. Oh, I mean, then discuss. It just sounds like this is your fault. I don't know. I yeah, don't know. no, th- it, this absolutely was. So basically, the first time, obviously, I ignored it. But I don't know. I think like the day before I watched episode one, my brain just switched off for some reason. And I just completely forgot that that would be a spoiler file. As soon as I read the first line, I'm like, shit. You actually the took file, your so hand. Read. Like that's even. Yeah, like it didn't, it didn't clock. It was just, they like, even tried. It was just, just a file that you're file. supposed to read. Yeah, there was just a file that you should be aware of that you should not discuss these things. And I'm like. Yeah, sure. Let me see what I should have discussed. For some wow. reason, like the first time I, the first time I scaled through, second time it was like, as soon as I opened it, I was like, wait, what are you doing? They even helped you. I, there's it. a, there's a studio that sent us screeners and they put the, like the do not reveal in the email. So I had to like quickly scroll past the, e- like, at least we were like, this is a separate file. I did it the first time, uh, but then anyway, okay. I don't know what happened. Let's talk about Barry. So this episode, so Barry starts this episode snitching like fucking Henry Hill from Goodfellas. He's just oh telling them about everybody. He's drawn the map from them. Like he's just, he's literally saying everything. And then Lon O'Neill, the reporter, comes to visit Barry and informs him that, that Gene is speaking about him. And this triggers the first bit of real, like, aggressiveness from Barry in this episode. And I don't know if it's because this character is played by by Bill Hader. But I sometimes forget how terrible he is. Like, I remember that, like, he killed people. He's a murderer, whatever. Mm. We watch a lot of shows with murderers. Like, I'm not like, oh, he's a saint. But I forget, like, like, for example, I forget he has terrible anger issues. Like, I forget that he's violent. Does that make sense? Like, I yeah. forget just, I, I'm like, oh, ant- we have, like, we've watched anti-heroes for, like, last 20 years. We have anti-heroes. I was like, I forget, oh, no, he's, like, like, like him going off on Lone O'Neill, breaking the phone. I mean, even last season with, with Sally in the writer's room. Like, I f- sometimes forget just how violent he actually is. And I was like, I was like, oh, yes, you're not. And we, we, I discussed it with Jibs last, last week, sorry, last season, about how, I didn't feel like this show was ever trying to redeem Barry. I don't think the show was trying to redeem Barry as a character. And you're like, oh yeah, you're not, you're not someone on the path to good. Like you, you, you are just genuinely a the worst of the worst people. Um, yeah. So that was just that's something that I don't know. Obviously, you've rewarded the show, so you probably like it's probably at the forefront of your memory. Like, like oh yeah, all the terrible mm. things that Barry has done. But I was like, oh yeah, I forgot that this guy is is this i think it's designed that way and they're doing a good job of that like yeah i agree with you where you say the show isn't trying to redeem barry i don't know if maybe this might sound confusing to the listeners who have been listening to the barry episode because we've been talking a lot about redemption i think we talk about it from a sense where barry is searching for redemption Mm -hmm. but the show constantly shows the irony of that because he just keeps going deeper and deeper into being this bad person that he says he doesn't want to be Mm -hmm. um no, but what you said is also something I was going to talk, touch on because last season had the clear theme of, of forgiveness and mm-hmm. that you couldn't just 
ask for forgiveness, you have to kind of like earn forgiveness and things like yeah. I think the first episode is titled Forgiving Jeff or something. Oh, yeah. And no, obviously no, the final no, episode no. is titled Starting Now when his friend from the army tells him that he has to he has to change. Um and I think so with that in mind, I don't think the season is still playing playing on that theme of forgiveness, but but yeah, no. I was gonna add to your point actually, which is just that I think Barry's still very delusional. He's delusional about his role in people's lives. Like he thinks, like he says he helped Kusner. Like the only reason you quote unquote helped him is because you made his life worse. Like he's still obviously delusional that Sally's gonna want to come with him. He's exactly he's very delusional in all these things. But then you're right, when he says he wants to be a good person, he just goes and does like the completely opposite complete opposite of, of, of that. Do you have before I go into my next point, do you have anything you wanted to add? Um, when you were talking about him uh, trying to be a good person, but ultimately doing the wrong thing, ultimately doing a bad thing. Um, what is it? Oh, yeah. Like, the exa- it was when you gave the example of, like, Barry being a terrible person. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of forget the things he's done. Like, even when he's, like, in Forgiven Jet, for instance, he's trying to earn um, Jean's forgiveness after first killing Janice. Mm-hmm. Then kidnapping Jean, putting him in a trunk, and taking him out to the lonely desert to probably kill him. Mm-hmm. And then he decides, no, I'm going to earn your forgiveness, and you will accept it. Like and giving you a job. If you, exactly. And if you don't accept it, it's like like remember that scene where um the producers come to the trailer and they give Jean a role, and it's like, Mr. Cusino, what do you say? It's like at that point, that's Barry at potentially one of his worst displays. Mm-hmm. Um. And then even after that, like when, when it looks like Gene is still not playing hardball, it's like, okay, I know how I'll get to you. He tries to earn forgiveness by going to literally threaten the man's son mm-hmm. and grandson. Like that is not a good person. And it's the same thing. Like when we were talking last episode, I said Barry, I said I was worried for Barry's state and more in is not necessarily worried for him as a character, but more in the sense of, where is he going to end up and how is that going to affect all the other characters? Because that's what we're starting to see now. So he was somewhere between that denial, like still trying to understand what, what went wrong and how he ended up here. Mm-hmm. And right now in this episode, we're starting to see those cracks of anger again, like you said, mm-hmm. so like the way he goes off on um, first the reporter and then he goes off on Hank as well, which is not all that surprising, but it's like you were on this call coming to Hank for help mm-hmm. out of desperation. And in this scene, which I'm guessing this is the scene that you called your your best scene of the yeah. episode, and I get I get I get why. Um, from a just try like from that perspective, I, I like comedy, so you know what my best scene already is. But um, no, like Barry in this moment is at his worst self again. He's coming to say take care of Gene. We know what that means. Mm-hmm. It's like this is someone that you you said you were trying to make his life better, but now you've resorted to you know evil Barry again. Uh, well. But I guess Barry. Evil Barry is just Barry. Yeah. Yeah. But you resorted to that again. And then even the person you're asking help from, when he's rightfully calling you out on the way you treated him, Mm -hmm. you transfer your anger directly at him. Mm -hmm. Like Barry is not a good person. Yeah. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, Him going to to Hank, calling Hank to put out a hit on Gene, reminded me of something I heard Bill Hader say about, about Barry, the character. He says, uh, he said, Bill Hader, sorry, sorry, he says Barry is not bright. He just reacts to things. And I was like, yeah, he, he's reacting to Lon O'Neill telling him this thing by essentially putting out a hit on, on, on Gene. And, but yeah, like I said, yeah, you're right. That is my favorite scene. Just, I think the writing and performances in that scene are just, just so good. Um, 
I think Bill Hader is channeling his inner De Niro. Anyone who's what, like, 70s, 80s De Niro, like, taxi driver, you're just like, oh, they, I know what you're trying to do here. This, this, this actually makes sense. Um, like, and, and this is, again, obviously, I haven't rewatched the first three seasons. So I don't remember all the affectations or whatever, but like, for example, the way Barry says motherfucker in that scene, or the way he like, he's like, oh, you're a tough guy now. It's, it's very, it's very strong. It's very like, oh, this is like, obviously, yes, it's not a good person. That's what, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, but you're like, oh, I forgot that this was who you are. I forgot like you're literally like, I, yeah, because it's a, it's a dark comedy and it's Bill Hader. You forget that like, oh no, this guy actually, he will kill you. Like, he will, he will kill you. It's like, oh, you're a tough he guy, right? It. Let me kill you. Like, yeah, he's all of the worst Robert De Niro characters. And he's like, oh yeah, that that's actually who you are. Um, but yeah, I mean, I like you like the idea of of Hank, of Hank signing for himself. But that leads us to what I'm assuming is your favorite scene of the episode, which is how the episode yeah. ends. Um, yeah. Barry's meeting with the FBI agents to kind of discuss his his um, witness protection um, deal, and then I'm already excited when I see Dan Bakido. I hope that's how I pronounce his last name. Um, in, in the scene, this is he plays one of the FBI agents. You know him from Life in Pieces, Veep, um, yeah, Veep. Uh, so many, so many different things. Uh, if you watch Made in Love, things like that. Um, Made for Love, sorry. Anyway, so I, I like. I, I'm already happy when I see him appear as one of the FBI agents. But then, <laughs> when I see Fred Armisen, I just <laughs> Fred Armisen is is doing only. Things that only Fred Armisen can do with his face, and I'm just dying. And like, I'm just like, what is going on here? And then you clock that, and then when Barry's like, that guy's here to kill me. I'm like, oh, this is who they sent. This is <laughs> this is this is Guillermo del Toro's best guy. This guy that can barely stop sweating. I'm just like, <laughs> I think. Oh my! One of so my stupid. One of my favorite things about this scene, and you, you know, just like when we started this, I, I had gone back to the start of the episode just to see something. They run a podcast mm-hmm. where they review gadgets that Hank says never work. work. Oh my god, <laughs> it killed me because he really brought out the pen. God, that oh my god, I died. I died. I died. Oh my god, I didn't even clock that. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh my god, I love that so much. Oh God! Uh, I mean, yeah, that, yeah. Because he was probably waiting. Because he was waiting for the guy in the roof to shoot Barry, but he never did. He was like, "Okay, fuck it, I'll just use my pen gun myself." And then, obviously, we know that that explodes in his heart. Oh, that's so funny! I didn't even clock that. Re- ah, I didn't clock that connection. Well, that's a very good spot. That's stupid. Such a stupid show. <laughs> anyway, uh, I think it's important that Fred Fred Amison says this is for Christopher and Hank. Yeah. So, like Barry. Who may or may not have escaped? We'll touch on that in a second. Now knows who tried to kill him, so obviously he's going to come for them. Um, again, another thing about Barry that we forget again because it's played by Bill Hader. This is a completely end of completely different end of the spectrum. Is how much of a badass he is. Like you forget that he's actually an action hero. Like he's not, he's not Bill Hader playing an action hero in an SNL skit. Like he's actually. Like, he knows when someone's trying to kill him. He gets the gun. He gets the Captain America shield to stop the bullets. He, he destroys, like, that guy. And just like, oh, yeah, I forgot that you killed a whole monastery of hitmen. 
at the end of season two. Yeah, I forgot that like that's right. who you are. Like you're actually good at your job. Like you trade all this. Yeah, yeah. So there's a moment before where you see Barry kind of think and you see the gears turning. And I, I'm assuming maybe maybe that's the thing whether he's gonna escape prison or I don't know. Um all the FBI agents that were offering him to do are all dead now and they'll probably think it was him that did it. So yeah. It's like maybe he does escape. I don't know. That's just yeah, I wonder if they will. Um, I'm not answering. Basically, we've gotten to the point of the one spoiler that I did see. Um, okay. But um, I wonder if they will think because at some point everyone assumed that Ernesto was an FBI agent with someone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they probably still assume that mm-hmm. he's still alive, isn't he? Yeah, but there's a shooter in the ceiling. Mm-hmm. So was that guy there to save... Did, are they going to assume that guy was there to save Barry? But, like, he's calling his name. So at this point, they know each other. So some I don't know if they'll be able to piece together. Yeah, I get what you mean, yeah. Those guys weren't necessarily there to save Barry. But, of course, the first instant you see a bunch of dead FBI agents, this ex-military murderer is gone. You're mm-hmm. going to think Barry did this. And one of the guards' so, guns is gone. So you're like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So no, no, yeah, yeah. I think Barry's obviously the first first person to to think about in something like this. Um, mm. But yeah, I mean, whichever way, it obviously adds some dramatic momentum towards like, does he escape? Does he go for Christopher and Hank? Um, we didn't talk about we didn't talk about Fuchs too much, but um, Fuchs does try to warn them. That someone is going to kill Barry after he realizes that after watching Rain Man and realizing that he's yeah that's just the whole a whole different thing. If you don't like if you don't watch Rain Man, just read the synopsis and try to figure out what Fuchs meant by that. That's who we are. That's awesome. um, but yeah, I don't know. Um, I think by next week, I think Jibs will be back. So I'm interested to hear his thoughts on on, on the season. He probably binge the first three or first four because he's been doing his exams. But yeah, no, I don't know. I, like, I'm really enjoying Barry. I think this was a really really funny episode. Like, this was like was this was hilarious. almost like early Barry before before things. I mean, the show was always dark, but before things got dark. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Final thoughts on on the episode. Yeah, like you said, they brought back the comedy um, a lot more than... Because a lot, the first two episodes were about setting the scene for the rest of the season mm-hmm. and everyone's kind of going through something really dark at the moment. And they still are, but there was a lot more of the characters that would make you laugh, like my new f- two favorite assassins, who, one of whom was gone too soon. Uh, and it was even just... Yeah, right. Even just bringing Gene and his agent back into the fold and just... You know, we're just playing everything out. We're just getting a few laughs, but also the story is moving. We're seeing how each of these characters' decisions is just leading to one, like, nasty consequence after another. Mm-hmm. Um, Gene probably has to deal with the fallout that he, he has actually fucked the case by telling that semi-accurate one-man Well, thing. well, that guy is not publishing anything. So, at this point. So yeah, Gene will be fine, point. actually. Maybe. We'll see. Because the editor player doesn't know anything and he doesn't speak English anymore, so and he lost his hard drive, his phone, all that stuff. I can't get over that. <laughs> so, uh so yeah, he's probably not releasing anything, so but obviously we know Jim. Um actually importantly, Robert Wisdom, who plays Jim Moss, is listed as like a a regular cast member, he's not like a recurring or a guest. So I guess so we know there's gonna be more with Jim Moss this. Ooh, I had season. one more thing in the note when you mentioned Jim. Um because was it 
who was Gene talking to when he said it should be the Gene Kusner article? Lund's wife. Yeah, so that's it. He's like, yeah, he, he, she's she's like, he's working on this article on Barry, and he's like, he Gene basically wants it to be the Gene Kusner. I mean, because Gene, I don't think he's a sociopath. No, maybe, maybe not a sociopath, but he's definitely a narcissist. Yeah, um, but Henry that's why I called think... him an asshole. Like, yeah, like everything tracks. That this is yeah. this is who this guy is. But at some point, isn't that going like? Wouldn't that need to be the center of the story? Mean Gene would eventually still tell the story somehow. Like he, like yeah, but he might be afford. afraid now if he knows that one. Maybe. He knows that Barry's might be coming out, but he also knows that Jim Moss knows that he was talking. So he's like, I don't I don't know know. he doesn't want. He doesn't want, want to go back to that. I don't know which one. He, which one he fears more, Barry or Jim Moss's garage. Where do you think we see Gene next? Because Jim Moss did say you need to be isolated. Yeah, I was thinking about that. I was like, does he just lock him up in, in his garage until, until Barry's convicted? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Jim Moss does some drastic dark things. Possibly, because he's... So far, we've, we've seen him as someone... Fair enough, he might be on the side of justice. Yeah, for but now. we know he's willing to be to Yeah. And he's someone that should be feared. He got someone to kill himself. Yeah, and, and we saw him this season hosing up, sorry, this episode, hosing off his trunk. Like, mm-hmm. that is the most ominous of, of signs. But yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes to some dark places to make sure. Um, Why was he doing that? Like, is is that even, is that even Lon O'Neill? Like, just. What are you about to say? What, they cloned him? Not cloned, but like. I mean, it's it's too wild that Jim would have found a lookalike. It's no, too Jesus wild. Christ, but like, no, that's too. Yeah, but like, what is he doing with his truck? Like, did he, you know, take care? Oh of no, him? but no, you see, Lon, you see how you see how dirty Lon is. So he's probably taking him like oh, to the desert yeah. or some stuff, and like okay, true, true, true. Yeah, I don't know, yeah, but you can see how dirty. Oh, so that's 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 dirt. But yeah, but it's yeah, still an ominous yeah. sign. Um, and Something yeah, I, like I'm weird. surprised if he goes through some drastic lengths to try and like avenge his daughter. Like obviously we. He yeah, and take revenge himself. Yeah. yeah. And actually, Barry escapes prison. And then I think it's also go back to the thing of how Barry enters everyone's lives and fucks it more worse like than it, than it was. And he's like, are yeah. you, you going to send... He was already terrible. Like, he was in a terrible state because his daughter died, but now you're going to send him to the extreme depths of, like, humanity just because he's trying to get justice for his daughter. But we'll find out. We'll find out. This very fun show, this fun comedy... Um Written by the guys that wrote Silicon Valley and SNL. What a fun show. Um, when I realized that, when I realized the Silicon Valley um, connection, I realized why I love this show. Oh, Alec Berg. Yeah, Alec Berg is, is yeah. really good. Um, it's really good. Okay. I think that's a good place to end it for now. Guys, join us next yeah. week when we're talking about more Barry. Probably, most likely, joined by Opiora. Um, this episode was produced by Ipica. Thank you, Ipica. And yeah. Join us next week when hopefully we'll be reviewing ja- gadgets that actually do work. <laughs> we'll be joined by Daniel Kalia. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. <laughs>